everybody, we're some nerds have, we have a podcast. Some nerds have a podcast. We're some nerds and we're having a podcast. Yeah. You're listening Let's, to it right now. <laughs> I feel like this is our talking. podcast. Oh, for sure. For fucking sure. I'm I'm Alex. I'm, <laughs> I'm Elise. Oh, that was a terrible. Gosh, yeah, thank God we don't. We're not on like YouTube or anything. We're like, if you're, if you curse within like the first minute, you get not demonetized, but like you're. They, they get angry. They get angry. <laughs> the YouTube anger, gods. You, yeah, you anger the the alphabet gods. Well, I mean, we're already on the other side of the algorithm anyway, so it's not like we can get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, we are below the radar. <laughs> Merry Christmas Eve if you are celebrating and are listening to this on the day it comes out. And if not, get back to work, Jacob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jacob Marley was oh, the wait. boss. Bob, it's Bob get Cratchit. get back yeah. to work, Bob Cratchit. You're fucking yeah. like five kids. Yeah, I am yeah, Christmas is just another day for me, so I'm going to be editing and uploading this on Christmas Eve day. Mm-hmm. Um I have to I have to respect the Christians for keeping with the Jewish tradition of having the holiday start the night before. Mm-hmm. Like as far as I'm aware, Christmas is the only Christian holiday that continues to do that. And you Easter. know what? And I technically, appreciate it. technically Halloween. Is technically Halloween? Is technically yeah. Halloween the day of of, uh, um, of November Halloween, 1st? So the the actual holiday is All Saints are All Souls Day, mm. and Halloween is the day before. I see. But most I see. people celebrate Halloween. They don't celebrate yeah. All Souls Day. I yeah, will say, it was just technically Halloween. <laughs> as somebody who grew up uber Catholic, okay, um, Easter. That's why you go to Easter Vigil is in order to, which is which occurs the day before Easter. Mm. Um, so you can break your fast mm. from Lent in order to start like Easter Sunday, like Make doing sure. whatever the fuck you want. So, um, <laughs> Keep a vigil to make sure that Jesus comes out of his cave and we yeah. can have six more weeks of winter or whatever the fuck. Listen, so you don't have six more weeks of Lent? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I can go back to, like, eating meat and probably desserts and whatever the fuck else I gave up. Probably cursing. I, God. I, I feel like uh, I feel like Lent, and I think we've had this conversation recently, I feel like Lent, like, of all the Abrahamic faith like traditions i feel like that's the one that explains the most about the people who celebrate <laughs> it because it's like you yeah. know with in, in judaism you get like the one day of fasting and repentance right mm-hmm. and then like in in islam it's like okay you got like you got the month but it's like but it's only as, during the day right like as soon as night, the sun goes down then you yeah. party right mm-hmm. like, well it's not partying but yeah no, it's like it's like there's feasting yeah like oh, yeah people have fun during ramadan Sure, sure. Um, like, unless it's like, unless it happens to fall at a time when like the daylight is super long, and so you like sun up, like sun up to sundown is a really long period of time. Whereas when it falls like at a different time of year and the days are really short, then it's a it's a little bit better because you get like those long nights of like you know feasting and stuff. Okay, but then like Lent, just giving up, yeah. That thing that makes you happy, stop doing it. Not just for a month, but for 40 days. I mean, like... All day, all night, no yeah, gift taxis. Can't do it. Technically, you... Okay, so there is some debate about whether or not you can take Sundays off. Mm. Um, because if you count in all of the Sundays, then it's like 48 days or 47 days. I forget. Um, 
And so there is like the discussion of like, is our Sunday is like a respite from Lent, but it really depends on like what my father who is pre Vatican two was like, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) You you keep giving up that thing on Sunday. And like, it wasn't until I was in like my early twenties that my parents are like, yeah, I mean, you don't have to like give up the thing or like, I was like like, late teens. I think I was out of the house and they're like, no Sunday is a rest day from Lent. And I was like, (laughs) what the fuck are you people talking about? And um, they're like, yeah, no, it's totally right. I don't know why. And thus the Catholic gaslighting begins of like, uh, we we never deprived you that much. We we were always fine with that. (laughs) We always agreed with Galileo. What are you talking about? (laughs) Exactly. Catholicism, the religion that has patch notes. The only that has what? The the religion that has patch notes. The religion that has patch notes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Everybody else, when they like suddenly decide to change, they just split off and form a new religion. Mm-hmm. Listen, you don't have to form a new religion if you just passively aggressively <laughs> gaslight your children like, into thinking that like, things were always, always okay. We're like, always infallible, <laughs> and when we make a mistake, that never happened. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. You it's, understand. It's more it's more retcon than uh than patch note. It's like no like, wait a minute, didn't we like used to make virgins wear veils? It's like no, Superboy Prime punched that out of existence. <laughs> oh god. Infinite crisis. Uh, <laughs> like that that uh, used to be the case, but then we changed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh Anyway, so. I don't know why that was the first one that came to my <laughs> mind, like the, the, uh, the, the veiling of virgins. Like, I think that was because I read a whole treatise on like why people, sh- like why Christians should have their virgins veiled, like from the early, <laughs> like the very early church uh, for one of my history classes. And it's just, I it just struck me as being a super weird argument to get into. <laughs> just like has stuck with me like these many years since. So tangentially related to that, like we still kind of have that, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there are some women that believe that you should be veiled anytime you go into a church, even if you're not like a nun or a sister, mm-hmm. um, which are two different things. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. Um, but the, um, anyway, anyway. And so like, I, I remember growing up with like a lot of women who like insisted on wearing veils and like, <laughs> I don't know. Cause Thousand like, you know, later. it was like, I'm just saying I'm like, listen, out. you're just slutting it up with your hair out there for like <laughs> everybody to see for Jesus to just look at. I mean, it's kind of rude. <laughs> it's distracting to others. So anyway, this anyway is- so we celebrated Yule yeah. uh, and did a pagan ritual yeah. <laughs> on Monday, as most lapsed Catholics do. Yeah. Um, and then the week before that, we were celebrating Hanukkah with the same group of people. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's cool. It's a quarantine pod. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just yeah. I, I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of like ca- people who are raised Catholics and then went directly to paganism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fairness, there is a lot of crossover. I mean, most, like, a lot of Catholic saints are just stolen from, like... like no, St. Patrick is definitely just a guy that got rid of all the snakes. No, well, St. Patrick, like, St. Patrick is an actual, like, yeah, like Christian dude, saint. Yeah. I'm thinking more about, like, 
Um, I think St. Bridget was just like straight up stolen from like, Cal- <laughs> like a Celtic mythology. <laughs> no, she made those crosses for Jesus, even though they don't look anything like the cross that Jesus hung on. <laughs> Wait, she made the crosses? Okay, so what? if you ever, if you look up a thing called a St. Bridget's cross, okay. um, it looks like a plus sign, um, okay. which, it, it, which does not look like a Christian cross. Which, yes, I recognize that it is weird that we have an entire religion that it's like our, you know, our thing is the thing that killed our God. Like yeah. our symbol is the thing that killed our God. Look at it. Um, but wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't he be so happy that that's what you're worshiping? I know, right? I, there's like, a, one of my favorite. Um, wait, wait, no. Let okay, me talk about the yeah, St. Bridget quest and then you go can ahead. go on your yeah, tangent. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like one of the things that she was known for was like bringing Christianity to the pagans. And she made a specific kind of cross that was like a plus sign. And it's like it's very obvious that like it's actually just a pagan thing. And Mm. that like like Easter and Christmas for that fucking matter. It was like another thing that was just taken from the pagans and like, no, 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 this is Christian. This is ours now. (laughs) <laughs> it's, like, it's like like the pig it's a meme but like the pagans are coming up and be like look catholics we made this thing and the catholics are just like mm, i made this thing <laughs> like, anyway because yeah the saint bridget cross does not look anything like a normal cross and i think the celtic knot is like another thing too where they're like oh no it you know because three is a really big yeah, number in represents the trinity um but it's also a really big number in paganism and and so it's like oh yeah that's like uh so it's just a yeah that's our thing now <laughs> anyway i'm sorry nicholas what did you what were you going to cut me off and say um god i forgot what it was now because it was related directly to what we were talking uh, about saint bridget's now. cross no it was before like it was it was another part of that um uh, well, what else were you talking about other than saint bridget's cross because like uh, you, like just we the were, number of catholic we were talking about yeah, we were talking no, about like religions that start on the day before or no, holidays. No, 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 it was day. after that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't That's know. why I wanted to say it because it was directly related to the thing that you had just said. And I was like, oh. But I wasn't done talking. I know, but it was going to be a quick thing. But it's my job as a man to interrupt you. <laughs> but it was more related to the thing that you had just mentioned and I knew I would forget it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, well, I soiled it with yeah. my feminism. With your, <laughs> with your just letting me get the whole thing out. That I want to say. Um, damn it! Oh, <laughs> it's gonna drive me crazy now. You're just gonna say it in the middle of a pod- in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, I'll probably remember what it was. Uh, I'll just go have to go. We were talking and about. And then you'll be like, "No, but I want to say my thing." <laughs> Listen, just interrupt somebody else. You have two women on this podcast that you could just rudely steamroll over, okay? Like, take your pick. God. <laughs> um, so anyway, in 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 summary, um, the Pope is not the, the head of the church, and it's actually shared between the five patriarchs. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you filthy animals. Anyway. Um, yeah, I guess that is kind of like the nice thing. I guess that's why I know a lot of like pagans who are like grew up Christian, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, I don't have to change any of my major yearly celebrations. <laughs> I, re- <laughs> like, I remember what the thing was. Because mm-hmm. you were talking, you were saying the thing about like, oh, how weird it is that, uh, you know, 
Christianity is the major has is the only major religion that has like the a symbol, torture device. Yeah, the symbol being like the 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 implement of death for their god. Um and uh it reminded me there was an old uh stand-up routine from uh, Bill Hicks, who some people say is is still alive and disguised as Alex Jones. Um, they're both Texan, um, but Bill Hicks was actually a pretty funny guy. Um, so uh, but Bill Hicks had a routine about like, it'd be like if uh, going up to Jackie Onassis with a, uh, with a necklace of a sniper rifle. I'm a big oh, fan God. of your husband. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, it is kind of like that i mean i guess like the theological reasoning at least and this is like one of the i'm i'm sorry i'm gonna say this one thing and then we can talk about nerd shit i apologize <laughs> this that is this is shit? becoming the like religious hour but it's like i think like the so one of the big divides uh between catholicism and protestantism is the use of a crucifix so like catholics it's like it's uh, a crucifix which is a cross with a figure of Jesus dying on it um, because, you know, you should remember and feel guilty. Um, you should feel really bad. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but like Protestants use the cross more in their ideology because it's like, Oh, you should remember that. Like he, he died, you know, like, or like he is risen. So it's like, it's the pessimist versus the optimistic view of that. And and the Eastern Orthodoxes are the pedants that will say, no, it has to have like the little sign on it and the little footrest on it. Otherwise, it's not accurate. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Those are the same people you go to a movie with and then they lean over and they're like, actually. <laughs> change that from the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now i'm just thinking of like an East, an eastern orthodox priest because they have the like the these really really beautiful some people might say gaudy um like robes that they wear just watching the passion of the christ like leaning over and being like With his wife surely <laughs> they didn't use that kind of wood <laughs> nails weren't invented <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an inside joke for the five people around uh, who will get it damn it anywhere alex gets it i think uh i think so <laughs> um anyway yeah. moving on for our other listeners all two of you <laughs> i've been yeah uh somebody somebody made this helpful um picture to describe what the monophysites believe and it is described as liquid plus powder equals the kool-aid man uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I, yeah that's that's beyond that's beyond my understanding but the definition of the chalcedon beliefs which is i think what the uh, orthodox and catholics agree on which is liquid plus powder equals both powder and water but not kool-aid man but it's all one <laughs> yeah early 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 christian um breakups are are something of a mystery and an interest yeah uh, when i was taking my byzantine history course it was something that went off on on long mm. tangents about like well, what what are the monophysites or the miophysites or all these different like like pre-protestant breakaway churches because you know i think catholics get it in their head that like hey 
we're we're the one church we've been around until like the 16 the 1500s or whenever when martin luther ruined it all yeah (laughs) soiled it but then like you look over to greece and 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 russia and they're just like staring at you with the middle finger it's like no fuck you we've been around too i mean that's because because a lot of those a lot of those uh those breakaway churches just got destroyed by the catholic church so they could just pretend that they didn't exist what gnostics they never existed i mean they're the it's the first that i'm hearing of it (laughs) and i'm the only one of the three of us that was actually raised christian so what 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 are god extra gospels what what are you talking about those never existed what a whole extra book of the of the Bible? Like that's bullshit. I'm just saying. I feel like I would have heard about it <laughs> before this, and from people that like weren't just you know two people I'm on a podcast with. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Michael starts anew. Whatever you believe in, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and God bless us, everyone. Unless you don't believe in workers' rights, in which case, yeah, fuck you. That's true. <laughs> uh, you so. don't get a Merry Christmas. Well, you probably do because you're rich. Mm-hmm. You're a rich fuck who doesn't believe in workers' rights. And you you installed the uh, the Ghostbusters like ghost trap at the foot of your bed. <laughs> <laughs> every year at Christmas every year he's just Jesus going around like that's why he has proton pack on his back like... oh, Mrs. Bezos is just like sleeping in, a, in one of their like 12 guest rooms I'm not gonna learn a lesson this year <laughs> he just like stays awake every night with his pro- or every Christmas Eve with his with his proton pack Steve Jobs is trying to break in. It's just, it's not working out for him. No, Jeff. The chains, the chains, Jeff. Jeff, do you have any idea how stupid it was for me to, like, think I could cure cancer with a juicer? A juicer, Jeff. This is what money does to you. I don't care, Steve. (laughs) Uh, we watched Muppet Christmas Carol we this week. Muppet Christmas Carol, <laughs> but we've already talked about that on a previous oh, yeah, episode, sure we so have. we won't, you know. Yeah, we so we watched. <laughs> we watched Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, we watched those Bob's Burgers Christmas specials. We watched the Community Christmas specials, except for the claymation one. We haven't yeah, watched we haven't that watched one that yet. One, yeah, that's true. Um, that one's sad. I wasn't really. That in, one is kind of. I sad. wasn't in the headspace <laughs> to watch the Abed's uncontrollable Christmas what's, this year. What's sad about like <laughs> realizing that you know your family? Uh, Ugh. Anyway, never mind. Um. Man, we had a lot of thoughts about Muppet Christmas Carol, but I mean, I feel like we shouldn't talk about it because we just talked about it in our last episode. Um, I will say that, like, I'm always disappointed um, by, as somebody who, like, majored in theater, mm-hmm. one of those dum-dums, <laughs> um, you know, Christmas Carol, I remember, like, talking with somebody a couple of years ago about this idea that, like, Christmas Carol is, like, one of those few things that it's, like, people just prefer, um, prefer it as a stage play. Like, they prefer it as a stage play over having it be a musical. Um, And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I realized, like, oh, I think it's just, like, Muppet Christmas Carol did the definitive musical version 
of a Christmas Carol. Like if you're going to do it, you need to just use those songs. Um, and so like, I know I'm always like disappointed when it's like, it's a musical Christmas Carol. And then I'm like, I look further and it's like, not based on the Muppets. And it's like, well, <laughs> that just seems well, like a waste. It sounds like we need to change that. <laughs> and-, no, and this is like, I'm oh, sorry. You can, I'm sorry. I, I cut you off. Oh, no, I was going to say, it sounds like we need to change that and we need to uh, steal the songs from A Muppet Christmas Carol and put on a performance at some point. No, so mm-hmm. I actually said that to Nick last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, because it's, and it's like, on the one hand, it's like, yes, it is the Muppets. But like, you could take the Muppets out of that and put it, I mean, maybe this is sacrilege, but I'm like, you could take the Muppets out of that play, out of that movie and put just Mount the Musical and I don't, I don't think you would lose anything. They're You're taking be, the Muppets out of the Muppets Christmas. I know. They're, I know. They're taking, so geez, they're taking the Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> That's fine. Um, there'd be some songs that wouldn't work. Like, like Marley and Marley wouldn't work. And, um, and the, the opening song mostly works, but then you'd have, there's like, a couple of jokes couple in there of that, you'd have, that you'd have to cut. Even the vegetables don't like him. Yeah. Like that, that's and like the, one. The Jesus for us Mises. Jesus which for is like, us Mises. Which is the best line in the song. That is a pretty great line. But it, but it's like the, the music, like the music genuinely slaps. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, it, I don't know. The music's really, really good. And like, I, like I'm, I'm frequently disappointed whenever there's like a musical version of A Christmas Carol. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's not the Mupp- it's not the music from the Muppets. Like, I don't care anymore. Um, <laughs> and then Elise was like, oh, but we like it would take a lot to stretch that story out to the standard two and a half hours for a Broadway <laughs> musical. I'm like, maybe Broadway musicals should just be my 90 minutes long. Maybe they should just take a cue from the rest of the world and just 90 minutes, get in, get out. No, but that's the thing. It's like in this is like another weird thing about theater. I'm sorry, I've like completely taken over this episode, but um, <laughs> the the weird thing about theater is that like one act plays have without intermissions have become more popular, but there's like kind of an unspoken rule of they need to be less than ninety minutes. So if you're going to have something. If you're going to have an intermission, it needs to be an hour and a half, which is weird because like a lot of versions of A Christmas and there is a fuck ton of stage versions of A Christmas Carol. Um, And most of them hit around like the 90 minute, um, maybe an hour 40, you know, maybe an hour 45 um, kind of a mark. But like they all have intermissions. And so it's like, yeah, like it's a really short, it's a really short novel. I mean, I guess it's a novelette. Yeah, it's like a novella. A novella. It's like technically a novella. And it's like, yeah, there's just not, you know, and I have seen stage versions where it's like they basically don't cut anything, um, you know, from the from the original text. Because um, most people will cut the the want and hunger um, yeah. like the Muppet version cuts want and hunger, um, which come at the end that on the heels of Ghost of Christmas Present, because he's just like, hey, I know we had a good time together, but uh, you know, you're kind of causing world hunger um with your <laughs> with your selfish ass. So maybe don't do that in the future. Um 
but like i don't know why but a lot of versions cut that out yeah Um, which is like it's the because it's the one thing in the present stuff that's like because the present is all about like yay christmas it's great and then like the the kind of the punchline to the whole thing is like yeah but these guys are still around even at christmas and it's like these two like gaunt like ghostly children who have been like clinging to his legs this whole time that he's never like that scrooge never noticed and it's like yeah people are like hey hey, guess what people are still hungry at christmas still dying on christmas yeah because Mm -hmm. capitalism Man, and I'm so glad that we learned those lessons mm-hmm. and that art changed us. And now 200 years later, mm-hmm. we don't have to deal with any of that. Because, Man, right? Because the the everyone knows that the art that you consume makes you think different things and it makes you a better person. If you only like the good art and you say the bad art is bad, then that is what makes you a good person. Uh, now I'm really depressed that Charles Dickens didn't end capitalism with one novella. Right. <laughs> he wrote. Well, I mean, Charles, I mean, Marx tried to do it with a fucking break of a novel and well, see also, how. You know. I was also going to say that, like, literally everything that Charles Dickens wrote was about. Was <laughs> how either, much capitalism sucks. Was either a ghost story or about how capitalism sucks or both. Or a ghost story <laughs> that tells you about why capitalism sucks. Because, like, yeah. you look at all of his other, like, you know, like fucking um like great David expectations Oliver twist <laughs> like all of those are all about like hey money makes you a dick <laughs> <laughs> like being poor sucks and making money like having money makes you suck but having too much money like there's there's like a balance of like if you have too much money that's true then you're an asshole. You need to give it to the poor people so everybody can just be middle class and be done with it. I don't know. Have you read Great Expectations? Mm, no, I haven't. <laughs> okay. Because Great Expectations. I saw the wishbone though. Great so Expectations just is basically just like, oh man, I'm just like, I- I'm poor and abused and like, I'm just like trying my best. Oh, but now I'm going to be given all this money. Oh man, now I get to be a dick to everybody. Oh wait, I didn't actually get the money and like didn't get what I wanted out of having the money when I had it. Oh, never mind. Because he had too much. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sweet spot and it's $70,000 a year. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. And 40 okay. days of vacation time a year. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, how was your Hanukkah? <laughs> um, what Hanukkah? I don't. I didn't feel like I had any. Aww. So because um, because I am a non-essential frontline worker in the middle of a goddamn pandemic, I'm still working and out there, mm. and uh, because we were short-staffed because it's a goddamn pandemic, um, I was working like what seven of the eight nights of Hanukkah or not the nights, but like the days of Hanukkah. And so it's like, I had one day off and I spent that day making latkes and playing dreidel with my sister. And that was it. So yeah. And the, the the latkes turned out pretty tasty and uh, she got me some gloves and and a nice knit hat and such. So yeah, I like it. Um, Yeah. That was my Hanukkah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like Hanukkah, Hanukkah is a thing about, it's like, for me at least, 
Hanukkah is about the ritual of lighting the candles. Yeah. And I don't have a Hanukkah. Like, I have always gone to my mm. grandma's to light. And I'm not going to do that during a pandemic. So, like, without that, what is there? You know, it's... Mm. it's Fair enough. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird year, and um, I should I should get a Hanukkah at some point, so I have one of my own. But uh, yeah, don't. It'd tell be the weird if like a couple of Gentiles gave you that for like a Christmas present, right? <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't um, be able to use it for like another year. So yes, but they're on sale now, Nicholas. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, it it wouldn't be weird. It wouldn't be. It would be, you know, very sweet if a couple of Gentiles happened to want to offer me a Hanukkah for late Hanukkah. <laughs> for winter solstice adjacent gift exchange. Sure. <laughs> That's that the way I always think about it when I when I buy. That would be. Go ahead. When I buy Christmas gifts for people who don't necessarily celebrate Christmas, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's to commemorate the fact that we're past the winter solstice. Mm. Here you go. <laughs> You've made it through the shortest day. Congratulations. Nice rationalization. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. As a non-Christian who celebrates Christmas and has always celebrated Christmas in spite of you having never been a Christian, Mm -hmm. you know i i and who loves christmas like genuinely i like it's one of it's my second favorite holiday so mm -hmm. it's like you know i just i want to i want to give gifts to people around that time of year <laughs> and it just so happens that the easiest way to do it is through the steam sale and the steam sale <laughs> doesn't not sponsored by steam not, not sponsored by steam but the Steam sale this year did not start until after Hanukkah had ended. So it's like, well, it can't be a Hanukkah <laughs> present. <laughs> anyway, you don't know what I got you. Hush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, God, I don't know. I don't have anything to add about Christmas. Because like you said, you, you're not a Christian, but you still celebrate Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I never have. And I don't particularly want to. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's weird to say. No, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember, I remember like growing up, kids would be like, oh, well, you can celebrate it secularly. I was like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the spirit of Hanukkah is resisting other people's religions. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, yeah, it checks out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. You you keep not Christmas in your way and let me keep it in mine. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> uh. But uh, I, we've been talking at this for a half hour. Did we do anything fun? Did we watch any movies? Did we play Honestly. any video games? Did we read any books? Um, Have we just been starved for interaction? <laughs> um. So... I've been playing a lot of Disco Elysium and that's probably like really the only thing that I've got to talk about on, in, at length. Um, it looks so good. <laughs> so good. Um, and I, I was telling you 
last night um because you hopped into a discord server where i was playing another game with some other of our friends mm-hmm. um but uh i would recommend waiting because i was have been wanting to play it but i didn't have the space on my hard drive until after i beat witcher 3 and now that i've 100 completed witcher 3 i was like oh that was great uninstall <laughs> <laughs> And install Disco Elysium. Um, Wasn't it because, like, Witcher 3 just, like... Witcher 3 was fucking huge and was taking up yeah. most of my hard drive. Um, because I have kind of a smaller hard drive since I upgraded to a, a, a solid-state drive. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, Witcher 3 was fucking huge, and so I didn't really... Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was... I was going to reinstall uh, Doom Eternal because the 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 LC for that also came out and I definitely didn't have the space for both Doom Eternal and Witcher 3 on there. But, mm-hmm. um, but I was more in the mood for like more RPG stuff. So I, I down, I installed Disco Elysium instead. And then like soon after I started my playthrough of it, they're like, Oh, we're updating it like in three months to add like a whole bunch of new, like, quests based off of your political alignment that that you decide for your character in the game and also we're like add like adding way more voice acting um and i'm like well fuck i've already started this playthrough i want to see this playthrough through because it's a great game and an amazing story and i want to see what happens but i kind of wish i had waited until march um to- <laughs> So that I could get the full experience. So now I'm going to probably just finish this playthrough as quickly as I can. And then like next time I actually have time to sit down and play a video game after that, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe reinstall it and play it again and maybe do different choices. Um, I'm, I'm doing uh, my character as the empathetic, weird communist in this one. <laughs> it's kind of how I'm building my character. Um, what what do you know about the game, Alex? Because I don't want to. Uh, let's see. It's it's set in it's uh space, right? Not really. No. No. Okay. Then nothing. Okay. All right. So Disco Elysium. It's an RPG. Um, where you are playing as a cop, who wakes up from a blackout, like an out. You're you're a destructive alcoholic. Um, and you wake up from a blackout without any idea of who you are or where you are or like what this world is or what's happening. Um, and basically kind of have to start piecing everything back together. And it turns out, you know, you were sent to this little shithole of a city to solve a murder. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of like stuff that's happening in the background with like labor strikes and like um, like poverty and urban decay and like all these like really heady political topics. And your your stats, like your base stats, are pretty much fixed from the beginning. So you can choose what you want to put your stats into. And so um, there are two, there are three um, pre-built characters. And then you have the option of also making your own and just like putting your your ability scores into the abilities you want. I went with the one that had maxed out empathy because um, that was the kind of because the one of the sub 
stats for that one is called Urban em- or uh, Inland Empire. And Inland Empire is basically the David Lynch stat. Okay. Um, and your stats talk to you. Like there are constant um, ability checks happening with pretty much every line of dialogue in the game. And if the stat passes the, the, the stat check, the stat will pop in and add something. So like there's a line of dialogue. There's a character in the game that you meet who is, no, I've got a better one. At the very beginning of the game, you find a, a, a stage and a microphone. And when mm-hmm. you examine it, if you're urban, if you're in an inland empire stat is high enough inland empire goes, you need to find the saddest song and sing it. This is part of your character development. <laughs> and so you get a quest that says, find it like sing karaoke. Okay. And you have to go and find a song. Now the problem is with this, one of my lowest stats because of the build that I went with is drama. And even though inland empire is the one that gave me the quest Drama mm-hmm. is the stat associated with performing uh, with performing karaoke. So even oh. though the first quest that I got, I still haven't done it because I haven't gotten my drama stat high enough yet in order to have a decent enough chance of succeeding in performing. Oh, goodness, goodness. But of course, if I fail at it, that might also be a good thing. Like I might sure. get rewards for failing it. Um. And so basically, as the game goes along, you it's mostly dialogue. And you will develop ideas. And these are kind of things that you can equip. These become your abilities. Like, so you can decide, I'm going to internalize this idea that I've come up with. And so the, some of the ones that I've internalized so far are um, basically like Marxism. Um mm-hmm. Because like half, I should also uh, note that half of the um, audio, like the the voice actors or a lot of the voice actors uh, for the base version of the game are the people from Chapo Trap House. Yeah, you were mentioning that last night. (laughs) So yeah, it's it's a lot of the guys from Chapo Trap House are doing voice work for the uh, for the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, it deals with like labor, labor disputes and things like that. Right. Um, and so I internalized that like basically right away. Cause I knew I wanted this character to be like a, like a, a militant communist. And the <laughs> other thing that I'm starting to like get into now is, um, like, uh, cryptozoology. Okay. <laughs> because there's a cryptozoologist character in the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the ideas is like a sentient sound. And so I'm starting to internalize that one that like, I need to find this sound that can think for itself. Oh, weird. Um, you can also get, uh, you can also, uh, the, one of the ideas that I unlocked recently that I haven't internalized yet is, um, the secret homosexual underground. Okay. Uh, cause there's a character who like, he's, he's clearly coded as gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a part, like, there's a point where after you've talked to him a certain number of times, you can get an ability check dialogue option. That is, there's something different about him. 
And uh, if you click on it and you pass the check, you ask him about, are you part of the secret homosexual underground? <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And so like you start, you can start asking him questions about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are you interested in joining? And it's like, maybe mm-hmm. like, I'll have to think about it. And then you get the option of internalizing the thought secret homosexual underground. Um, I'm just, one like one of the other ones that's probably one of my favorites. I didn't internalize it in this playthrough, but um, when you first wake up and don't know your name, mm-hmm. you find out that you're part of the RCM, which stands for uh, Revachol Citizen Militia. Mm-hmm. Um, Revachol being the city that you're in, right? Uh, and so you can decide that RCM is actually your initials, and you come up with this ridiculous name for yourself. And then later on, you find out what your real name is, but you can internalize, no, my name is this. And you can <laughs> insisting that people call you by that name. Nice. It's great. It's, it's an amazing game. And it's like, it is really funny. And I'm sure like the way I'm describing it, it sounds like it's a comedy, but it also deals with like a lot of really dark subject matter. Like right. where I've left off in the game right now, um like a lot of really fucked up stuff has happened mm-hmm. and i looked at like i've looked trying to look up very few things in terms of like walkthroughs if i get completely stuck or like if i want to see if something could have gone another way i i do look that up every once in a while but like i'm trying to just kind of go through this like straight through like just making the decisions that i make and sticking with them um but I did look up what like the outcome of this one particular thing that happened, and I'm like, oh, I did not get the best possible outcome for this. <laughs> I might, I might try to get a better one the next time I play through. Um, how que- question before yeah. we go on? Uh, how many of these ideas can you internalize? Because you say like I, I haven't internalized. Is there a limit? There is. How- there is. Okay. Um. So at the beginning of the game you can only internalize three and then you can spend the points you gain when you level up instead of spending them on like stat boosts, you Mm -hmm. can unlock a new slot for a new idea. Um, And I did not realize that that was how you got them. So I was like sitting with those base three for a long time. And Mm -hmm. that was one of the things that I looked up. I'm like, how do I get more fucking like idea slots? Cause I see them in the menu, but they're all locked. How do I unlock them? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, I I feel fucking dumb. But in fairness to me, the game did not really ever make that clear um, because it's in a different menu. Like when you level up, you get a little like pip next to the place that you go to put points into stats. But -hmm. that's a different menu from your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I did not realize that those points could go to one thing or the other. I Um, gotcha. So yeah, that's a a pro gamer tip for when you start (laughs) playing Disco Elysium. Um... Well, I'll but keep I, that in mind because I do want to play it at some yeah, point. You should. You you absolutely should. Yeah. Um, like I said, I would wait until March. Okay. Um, because there it's going to be a free update, um, mm-hmm. to the game. So like, if you buy it, then it'll be, it'll be a a, a like legitimately a like a better and more complete game than the one that I have right now. Mm-hmm. But it's on sale right now. That's true too. <laughs> 
Um, God, I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones are. Oh God, you can get like, um, I can't remember exactly what they call it, but basically you can, you can, if you wish, internalize um, race realism as an idea. Oh God. And one of the characters that like, like basically plants that idea in your head is named Measurehead. And he's called Measurehead because like almost all of his dialogue is about skulls. Is he a phrenologist? Yes. Okay. And he's, like, he's like this huge, like jacked black guy talking okay. about how the black race is superior because of their superior skull shape. Okay. It's, it's fucking hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also like, there are other racists that you can tell to fuck off, but I haven't messed with Measurehead because he terrifies me. Um, you can punch a child in the face fairly early on as one of your choices, which is pretty great. Um, I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones. He's a terrible kid. He's a like when you find the kid. So the murder that you're investigating, you apparently in the few days that you were there before the actual game starts, you didn't even bother taking this hanging victim down from the tree that he was hanged from. Uh, and you find this kid just chucking rocks at the corpse that you left up there. So he's, he's not a great kid. And it like, it was very cathartic to punch him in the face. Oh, good. Um, I'm trying to think of what some of the other... Uh, oh, you can decide that you're an artist. Um, that's another one that I've unlocked that I haven't quite internalized yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently if you do that, it like it lower... So one of the great things about the ideas is that while you are mulling this idea over, like it takes a few hours of playtime to like fully internalize an idea. And while you are playing with the idea like kind of sitting there and thinking about it, it does temporarily lower some of your stats. Mm. Um, And in some cases, once the idea is internalized, it permanently lowers some stats. So like uh, one of the stats is called visual calculus, which is basically looking at a situation and determining, okay, what happened here? So like, oh, there's a bullet hole in this wall. Where did that bullet hole come from? Like, where did the, where was this bullet fired from? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you internalize um, the communism idea, it gives you a minus one to visual calculus because the, every problem that you look at is just the bourgeoisie. <laughs> Fair. Uh, <laughs> But every problem I look at is is the bourgeoisie. (laughs) Yeah, it's just. I mean, all three of us have internalized this already. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's like that's why it's like it's just fucking hysterical because it because it does give you like once it's internalized, it gives you other like better like bonuses on the other side of it. But Mm -hmm. once you start thinking about the idea, you don't know what the bonuses will be (laughs) once you get to the other end. You just see, oh, this is going to give you a a minus one to this stat and this stat. But so, okay, so you can't like min max it to play the best way possible. You just got to feel it. You just got to. Yeah. It's one of the things that I really love about it because it's like, no, you just kind of decide what kind of a person you want to be and you get bonuses and like penalties based off of the kind of person that you want to be. I love that. That's yeah. great. Um, like for instance, the um, the uh, the the ridiculous name for yourself, I think, gives you like something. It gives you a huge 
a negative to logic because mm-hmm. it's like, we, and it even gives you an explanation as to why it says, this seems very unlikely <laughs> or no, that might be, um, it's either that one or the, uh, the superstar cop where you can decide that you're like just the greatest cop on the force. Okay. And that also gives you a negative to logic. <laughs> oh God. Um, you can get one for, uh, if you say the words, I am the law, a certain number of times in the game, you get one for, uh, you get one based off of that, like called Lawbringer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that gives you a minus one to your speech skill because you have, a, it says you have a weirdly shaped jaw, which is a... <laughs> Which I'm sure you get that reference, but not yeah. everyone might. Which is a great reference to uh, the uh, the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie. Yeah. Where he just says the words, I am the law, several times throughout it. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, no, I, I highly, highly recommend the game. And I will be blowing through the rest of this playthrough as quickly as I can so that I can play it again when the new version comes out in March. Certainly, certainly. Well, I definitely want to play it myself. So so uh, I'm trying to avoid spoilers as much more as I can. Right. But I don't want to... I'm not spoiling... I have definitely sold on, on the premise now. Like, here's the thing. The ideas mm-hmm. I'm giving you, like the things that I'm talking about, these aren't story beats this is like mechanical these are these yeah these are just mechanical things like yeah i'm telling you about like if this were any other game i'm telling you about like the gun that you can equip right basically what this is because you do like there there's almost no combat um nice and like there's like i think i've played um i don't know maybe about 10 or 15 hours Mm-hmm. And I've gone into not including the time that I punched the child, like maybe two situations that I that you could maybe consider to be combat. And the rest of it is just investigation and dialogue. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds uh if what what kind of genre would you place this? It's game an RPG. It's an RPG? Yeah, okay. It's an RPG. Um, All right. Because, like, you have stats, and there are dice rolls, actually. Um, okay. The entire game is based off of um, two D6s. And they will show you the dice roll that you get whenever okay. there's a check. Um, That's nice of them. And it's, like, it's it's very basic. It's um, Snake Eyes is always a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, 12, like, Boxcars, is always a success. And then everything else is based off of what is your stat? Like, what's the number in that stat? Um, And then there's like, they're always like, um, there's like a secret DC, but they'll tell you like before you click on it. So it'll say something like perception, easy. um, And then your percentage of passing that check before you decide to do it. So is this RPG like available for playing like tabletop? I don't think so. Okay. It'd be very hard to do because it is very much based off of this one character and sort of their internal monologue is like most of what this is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there is a separate character who's in your party, who's the um, so this crime that happened is like in a disputed part of the city. So there are two precincts that mm-hmm. could cover it, like maybe, but neither one of them wants to. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lieutenant Kutsuragi, who is your partner on this case, volunteered because he did it like he is like this very kind of straight laced like by the book guy right and so he's like i know that there's this pissing contest between these two precincts i don't want to get involved in that i just want to see the crime solved like that's kind of who he is and then your what you kind of piece together is that your precinct sent you because they didn't give a shit Okay. And they kind of hate you and want you out of the way for a while. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really, really good. It's a really great story. Um, very, like, emotionally affecting. Um, some really weird, like, fun, weird, like, Lynchian stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you build your character that way. Right. Um, like, I, I don't know. It's a little bit like, it's a little diesel punk. It's a little like cosmic horror. I don't know how to describe it. It's a little noir, like neo-noir. Right, 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 right. It's great. There. Sounds like a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to trying it out myself. But uh, is there anything that you've been doing, Lise? Anything that you've been watching or seeing that kind of stands out to you? Um, not really. I can't really think of anything that... Other than the Christmas special stuff that we talked yeah, about. Because um, I can't really think of anything that like I've done um, without you. Because... <laughs> I'm in a terrible codependent relationship. Um, aww. Aww. No, I don't know. I've been... I finished uh, Sex and Vanity, um, which I don't think I've talked about on this, but it's I've by... I've heard of that, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Sex and Vanity, it's the new book. It came out this year um, by Kevin Kwan who is the author of the Crazy Rich Asian series. So if you read Hmm. that trilogy or you know anything about that trilogy, um, I actually really, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet. I don't think you have. Okay. Not recently. Um, I I really adore his writing style. I think it's very fun. Um, He is like pretty, he is pretty critical of the uber rich. um, And in like, a little bit about him. He um, was it Kwan or Kwan? Kwan. I'm sorry, um, but like he grew up sort of adjacent um, to the uber rich of the of like Singapore. Um, but you kind of get the sense that like his family. I think his family was like the sort of like lesser cousins or something, so they didn't have like as much. Like so, still kind of grew up comfortably, but. And then was like also, I think maybe ostracized because he's gay. Um, and so it's like, a, it's like a lifestyle that he is very familiar with, but also very critical of. Um, and one of the things that I like about this series, uh, or excuse me, this book, Sex and Vanity, is he 
delves a lot more into racism, which was kind of a, a like a consistent critique. Okay, so like one of the critiques of the Crazy Rich Asian series was that um, a lot of people are like, oh, this is this is racist. It's not like, I guess, like indicative of like all Asian. And it's just like, well, no, it's about rich fucks in Singapore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like nobody looks at Great Gatsby. I mean, I guess people do now, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like how many rich, how many like white dudes have gotten to write about like white dude like rich white dudes you know what i mean like fitzgerald had an entire fucking career that he mostly sold for stole from his wife zelda um you know basically doing that and so it's like oh there there was like some criticism about like well it doesn't dive into this part of singapore and this part of like why singapore sucks and it's like yeah but it's also like it's escapism beach literature with like a little bit of an edge to it edge to it so it's like I, I don't know there's there's a wide variety of things to have been said about crazy rich asians some of which i think has merit and some of which i'm like i don't think you'd be saying that if he was a white author mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and so so this is like his big follow-up um to those i actually think it's better written in a lot of ways yeah, I mean, um, most authors kind of improve as they go along you know you yeah. practice more um but one, one of the big things is like one of the things that i one of my personal criticisms of the crazy rich trilogy which i fucking loved um is that like as the series goes actually really from the beginning of the series everybody surrounding the protagonist is way more interesting the prota- than the protagonist um like which is why the second book in the trilogy is my favorite because the protagonist is basically in there for like three chapters <laughs> <laughs> and it's like really because like the idea is it's it, they're all about rachel chu rachel chu is the everyman that you're supposed to sort of see the world through um but i really latched on to cousin oliver who is the like the less wealthy cousin and is also gay and is also kind of the stand-in for the author <laughs> And I thought his story was much more interesting than Rachel's because Rachel's is basically like, you know, like I'm the plucky American who's going to prove that I can be married into this family. And now I am. And now I'm going to have a baby. And that's like her whole arc. Like she doesn't really have an arc. She doesn't change as a person. Like she like the Rachel Chu that you get on page one is like of the first book, Crazy Rich Asians is like the same one that you get on the last page of rich people problems, which is the third one. She's kind of the standard like hallmark protagonist. Oh, right? hell yeah. yeah. Like she is. Yeah. 100% like standard hallmark protagonist. Um, but in sex and vanity, Lucy is. And so, yeah, so that's my, my criticism of that is that just all the other side characters are infinitely more interesting and have really cool arcs. Um, for better and for worse in in the trilogy. And then this one is much more introspective. And so it's based off of a room with a view. And um I did not know that. Yeah, it's 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 influenced from that. And I don't know the source materials that well, but it's like, I mean, that's kind of what he does, is yeah. he sort of takes like classic, like you could make an argument that like uh like 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 Rachel Chu is kind of cut from the same cloth as like Lizzie Bennett, right? right? Like, um, so you can make an argument that like he takes kind of classics and and sort of brushes them up a bit because he has 
a wealth of knowledge about, you know, the Western canon. And, um, but so, so in Sex and Vanity, the main character is Lucy Churchill, who is half uh, Chinese American and half white American, but like specifically like related to like Winston Churchill and like all of the bluest of the blue bloods in New York and New England, right? And um, and it's about like it's a lot of it is about like her navigating like the racism of being biracial in that in in America, um, basically. And like, and it, I mean, granted, it is like in this very niche bourgeoisie lens, but it's I don't know, it is it is it is it's fun. Um, it's escapism, you know, I don't think it makes me less of a leftist to enjoy these books. You have to like um, the good art to be the good person. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's much more introspective. Um, she has, a she actually changes as a person, <laughs> um, you know, and granted like the first, the, it's told in two halves. And so the first half of the book is when she's 19 um, in the early 2000s. And then the second half of the book is when she's in her 20s um, a few years later. And um, or yeah, it's like late 2000s and then like kind of mid 20 teens. And then there's like an epilogue chapter that happens in 2019. Um, and so it's it's really it is really interesting um, to see how she grows and changes over the course of the book. Um, and how like the love interest also grows and changes, which is not something like that's another character in the trilogy that is like the same from page one to page like 900, right, um, of that series. Because I think each one of the books is about 300 pages. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's It's like it's really fascinating. I think it delves into like deeper issues, but without losing the kind of fun levity of his writing style and he has a very distinctive voice um which is one of the things that i really appreciate like um he has this yeah like he just has like this very like distinctive kind of snark um mm. that i just like i appreciate you know i i don't know it's fun it's a fun book series i don't think it's for everybody um but if you are listening to this podcast and, you know, you want – if you want your beach reads with, mm -hmm. like, a literature core, like a literary core, like, if you want your escapism but you want to feel good about it, um, <laughs> like, oh, I read an, a couple of SAT words in this book um, and that, <laughs> that I understood, um, then, you know, I definitely recommend his work and, and, and I recommend Sex and Vanity. And I think, like, also if you – read the crazy rich asian series and you were like eh, this isn't you know and had like similar complaints that i did then i think you would prefer sex and vanity um so yeah yeah if you had like the same complaints of like the characters don't change the protagonist isn't that interesting it's not very introspective um and if those are your complaints about the original trilogy then i think like give sex and vanity a try and if you still don't like kevin kwan maybe you're a racist um i don't know uh 
just or- just kidding. JK LOL. All right. Sounds sounds interesting. Sounds like a book. Uh doesn't sound like my cup of tea to BH, but you know, it sounds I mean, like it. Fair. Uh, I did start reading a book though. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a light novel, and it has a very unfortunate title for what it is. Okay. Um, but it's it's called Sexiled. My sexist party leader kicked me out, so I teamed up with a mythical sorceress. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's. Um, it's basically it's like set in in the kind of like standard anime like we live in an RPG world kind of thing with classes and adventure guilds and shit like that. Um, but it's about, you know, misogyny and it's about fighting, mm. combating misogyny and patriarchy. Because um, like the uh, like the title, like the subtitle suggests, you know, before chapter one, the prologue um main character is kicked out of the party because she's getting too old and the party head is like you should start thinking about settling down and building a family so i'm gonna kick you out of this party that you helped to build and uh so she's like uh going out to the wilderness and blowing up mountains and shit just to take out steam because she's a super powerful mage and accidentally frees this uh, evil sorceress that's been sealed away for 300 years. However, she's not actually evil. She's actually a pretty decent person. Um, and it seems like I've only gotten like a few chapters in. I got this book today, but it's a light novel, so it goes quick. Um, but I've only gotten a few chapters in, and it seems like it's just going to be them going through this fantasy land and trying their best to dismantle the systemic uh, systemic patriarchy um, as with magic and swords. So uh, Those things help. <laughs> those things do they, help they, they help for dismantling uh harmful power structures mm-hmm. so like i said i've only just started it so i don't have much to to say so far i will say that it is um it's it's weird like so so like the voice that goes to it it's it's very modern despite being like a sword and sorcery thing there's like she'll just start like cursing people out like you know fuck you fuck this and it's just like it's very like i would love to see them try to make an anime out of it yeah (laughs) uh i think that would be really cool but uh other than that haven't been doing a whole lot outside of what i've been talking about pardon working yeah i've been working Mm. i've been doing and then I had a couple days off, and I spent one of them just like defragmenting my brain by playing uh, CK2, which is my go-to video game that I've put way too much time into. But you know what? I spent the money to get all the DLCs, so I get to play it whenever I want. Um, <laughs> but now the new one's out. Don't you need to play the new thing? I want to play the new thing, but I can't afford the new thing. I just bought people Christmas presents. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> um that's a that's a big guy. Uh... <laughs> that is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Big but, mood. Uh, yeah. So let's see. Uh, been playing that. Still watching Scooby Doo with my sister. Uh, nice. Yeah. So not much else to really say on my end. Um, I I will 
finish this book probably like tomorrow and <laughs> i will have wished that i got it a day sooner otherwise i could give a more detailed uh, description of it but, uh... oh, we're also planning on watching some movies tomorrow some of which we've already seen yeah so we could just have a annual watching of die hard yep and the now, annual see, watching of uh, santa claus conquers the martians now see i have an annual tradition of watching um hogfather oh mm, that's a good one good. But I lent Hogfather to some friends of Mars. Uh, who Those bastards. Just... Yeah, but like No. I lent I lent it to them and I I was talking to to them and, and it was like 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 they wanna he he wants to read Hogfather before he watches Hogfather. I'm like, you don't you don't have to. It's 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 a it's a holiday thing. Just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Just right in. You don't have to read the other books in the Death series. It's Hogs Watch Eve is tomorrow night. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna skim through. You're gonna you're gonna read through it all like you're got a test tomorrow and you gotta skim through the Great Gatsby. Like no, oh, come God. on, let's watch the movie. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I look forward to my friends failing the test that I have planned for them on uh, Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's. I got nothing. I got nothing else. Yeah. Oh no, that's not true at all. I'm sorry. I oh, completely holy. forgot. Um. So there used to be a um. A part of this show way back in the day called the webcomic of the week. Oh god! Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> um, and remember when you tried to give this podcast structure? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a long ass time ago. Um, so webcomic of the week for those of you who have not bothered listening to our earlier episodes, and honestly, who can blame you? Mm-hmm. Um, was an attempt for me to. Because I, I used to read a lot of web, web comics, and I used to like to recommend web comics to people, and I wanted to share those recommendations with people. However, in recent years, I, basically I ran out of web comics to recommend because I went through them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in recent years, I've been reading less and less web comics. However, I've been reading more and more webtoons, which web, it's basically web comics but formatted for a smartphone, so it's like vertical and it's usually on this app this webtoon app um there's a lot of apps out there for comics many of them will charge you for the comics this one is mostly free mm-hmm. um unless the comic is already finished yet in which case then after a grace period it'll lock it and you can unlock one episode at a day essentially um but only on the app not on the website which is weird it's it's they're a company they're trying to make money it's their thing you know however um there have been a lot of these webtoons that i've been reading a lot of them are good some of them are just like funny and just like lighthearted, and i enjoy them um and there's one that i basically discovered over the over this past couple week and then i just binged through it all over the course of a whole day okay uh, and it's called muted um, and it's, it's essentially, uh, a, it's like a modern, um, family drama about like witch families in Louisiana and like New Orleans. Um, and you know, the, it's, it's like all these like power struggles of different families, but this one kid is, 
it, it's her like her 21st birthday or her 21st birthday has come up and it's the first full moon and she's expected to perform this ritual and you know everyone you know her she's been adopted by her aunt and you don't know well, why she had been adopted by aunt and you find out it's because her mom died horribly uh and she's going through this magic ritual and something starts to go wrong and uh it, it's basically like trying to find out well why did that happen and keep it hidden from the aunt who's super strict and is in and, and it's like super it's super engaging it is super like emotional like there's a lot of emotional drama to it and it's something that has like content warnings for certain things so it's not for everybody but you know you know check it out at your own risk but uh it does warn you for for those particular scenes and it's it's very queer as well like like uh it's it's a bunch of gals being pals in the end but uh (laughs) I I got hooked on it and on like uh let's see I think yeah like last Thursday and so tomorrow is the new episode but I'd art like I went through all 77 of the episodes in the course of a single day. <laughs> so I am I am excited and I'm going to recommend that to everybody that wants to check out webtoon um like I said it's a website webtoons.com it's an app you can get on your phone uh and it has comics if you like reading, you know, internet comics. But uh, that is my webtoon of the week. Ooh. I don't know if I'm going to bring this back as like a formal segment of the show, but I just wanted to, to bring that out. Nice. All right. All right. Well, I think we're going to get out of here so that we can, you know, go to bed and get cookies and milk ready for Santa Claus. Or isn't it, that's my, isn't that that's my explanation for why it's a little shorter this week. Isn't that tomorrow? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but also, not for when they're listening to it. <laughs> oh, that's right. You should be listening to this, preparing your cookies and milk for Santa yeah. Claus, I guess. Uh, also, I don't think this is any shorter than normal. No, uh, I guess not that much. I mean, we had a really long episode last time, but I think that was mostly because it had been our first one since the hiatus that we took. The mm. sort of like impromptu hiatus. No, we. We've or maybe been, that was the, like the one before yeah, we've that. We've been back for a bit. Yeah. Just kidding. I'm. I don't. I don't fucking know what time is. <laughs> I don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't, I don't listen to this podcast. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> I'm a nerd who's on podcasts. Not a nerd who listens to podcasts. Well, you're you heard it here. You heard it here first, folks. Do not listen to some nerds have a podcast. Not recommended. <laughs> Buy some nerds have a podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening, everyone. My name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And we've been some nerds of a podcast. Uh, Good night, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you.